to be able to be present with yourself, to be able to be present with your team, your family, you know, the people that are in your lives that are important need to know that. And I think so often we take it for granted that they do. Welcome to Awaken Greatness, the essential podcast for dreamers, action takers, people who want to reach your full potential and business owners that want their company to reach the next level. Each episode is a treasure trove of resources and tools that will explore the latest trends, actionable strategies, and the mindset shifts necessary to turn your dreams and aspirations into reality. Brought to you by the Dream Leaders Institute and hosted by Dr. Cliff Fisher. Tune in, turn up your dreams, and let's awaken the greatness within you. We're going, brother. So, obviously, you know, the stuff at Floyd Consulting didn't work out the way I hoped. And we went to zero income. And I, you know, I, I thought maybe, you know, I wouldn't blame Jennifer if she left. So... That didn't work out. Two businesses shut down. We go to zero income. We moved to Spring Hill, Florida, which I didn't, you know, really want to be there. <laughs> and uh, COVID's happening. I mean, just all this stuff. So then, you know, I told you eventually my dad goes to the uh, doctor after like a year of delay. And they don't, they don't let him. They don't even let him leave the doctor's office because his widowmaker is so blocked up. They transport him to Florida Hospital, Orlando. They they go for the first surgery, and it, it didn't work because they had never seen that level of calcification. So it, that's and and that's all from from the vaccine. I mean, it is like there's no doubt about it. So they transport him to a different hospital. And they do this experimental surgery on them, which is, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's just like a roto-rooter in the veins. It's experimental. I'd have to ask him what it was called, but it works. He survives, goes home. I drive over to visit him. He's got his laptop set up in his family room, and he's watching church on lock. I'm kind of past church at that point in my own life. But I watch it with him, and I notice it's very beautiful. It's in Boston, and I never even asked him, like, how he heard of it. Because it's not like he, you know, went to Boston, or, but he somehow heard of this church. That, that's all I know. And I'm like, it's really beautiful, and the, the priest was very accepting and loved everyone, all-inclusive. It was a beautiful service. So I tell my dad that day, Dad... Someday, I'm going to go to Boston, and I'm going to go to that church, and I'm going to take a picture, and I'm going to send it to you. So fast forward two and a half, three years through this just scariest times in my life. Massive uncertainty, just everything. And I'm like, what do you know about me, man? Like, keep my eyes on love. Keep my eyes on love. Keep my eyes on love. Like, that's what you can control. That's it. So then... You know, a month ago, two months ago, whenever I told you, a company from not Boston, but Sudbury, Massachusetts, reaches out to me, wants to do the leadership thing. And as we're, we're diving in, just massive, massive family dysfunction. 
the the sister almost died at birth. Eventually, she died like 40 years later, has some cancer gene. She died of cancer. Uh, the owner's brother has the gene, which means he's like, I don't know, you know more about that stuff than me, that he's most likely develop, to develop cancer. And the chief financial officer of the company is is married to the sister of the owner, and they live next door to each other, and they haven't even talked in three years, like like that level of dysfunction. So they want to they they want to bring me in. The owner's wife, her brother died unexpectedly. I think it was a suicide. I don't don't quote me on that, but it was an unexpected death. She didn't want me there. Didn't want to hear anything I had to say. The chief financial officer of the company, don't bring this guy in. It's a waste of our money. He's not going to tell me anything I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call in sick that day. I'm not even going. The, the brother basically saying, I, I'm not going either. And then the dad, who is close to 80, he's still involved. And he's just presiding kind of over this mess. And he's, he's brokenhearted that the, the family has turned out this way. Good, good man. So... I wake up at three o'clock in the morning on uh, Saturday to get to the airport. It was like a five thirty flight. It's super raining that day, and uh, they pick me up at the airport. Like the, uh, the owner's assistant, and uh, we we drive to the business because you know <laughs> my dumb ass is in a speaking contest that day on top of everything else, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't want to miss it. So I said, I'm in a speaking contest that day, and it's in a comedy contest. Could you uh, set me up a computer somewhere so I could participate? And I'm like, and I'm all about, like, can I squeeze as much out of a day as possible? Absolutely. We go to the business. The owner shows up. They watch me do comedy. Pretty, pretty, you know, interesting comedy. <laughs> I win the thing, and I'm like, well, gee, this is a great, like, icebreaker. Like, the owner comes and watches you in a speech contest, new comedy, then you're doing... You're doing leadership on Monday. And um, then I go to dinner with his other guy. And uh, I go back to the hotel. And I'm like, it's probably about 6, 6.30 at this point, Cliff. And I'm like, how am I not dead tired at this point? But I wasn't. And it was like I had like espresso running through my veins. <laughs> so I unpack the bag. And I decide, I put my gym clothes on and I go to the gym, I do a 5K, I work my chest and I'm just, I go back up, I take a shower and I'm like, why, why am I not tired yet? What, what's going on? And I'm not panicked about it. I'm not anxious about it, but it's peculiar. And, and the day, the plan is wake up at four o'clock the next day, get in the car. The, the owner gave me a $60,000 Jeep and just says, hey, drive my Jeep to Boston tomorrow. It's fine. And then when you get back, come over to my house and uh, you can meet my wife and uh, Mike and Sarah and uh, I'll make homemade pizza and we'll go for a boat ride. Wow. You know, so it's like pretty neat. That's awesome. Well, I go to lay in bed, Cliff, and the devil came at we in ways that I cannot describe. I don't even know if in my life I'll ever talk about it. Just imagine... 
the most disgusting stuff that could happen to a little kid and wanting that same shit to happen to you as an adult because in your mind the devil's going, it's all you fucking deserve is to get raped in your ass. And I'm just laying there in bed and that image is on loop in my mind just do, 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 do. And I'm telling you, the devil has never attacked me like that. And I'm talking like it's one o'clock in the morning and he's just full-fledged attacking me. And I'm telling you, I was so out of my mind laying in bed, I didn't even know I had a phone. I know, I know it doesn't even like make any sense. But I am just laying in bed. There's no one to call. Just like when I was a kid. <laughs> there was no one to help. But finally, I don't know what happened. But something did. And I saw I had a phone. And I went over. And I turned it on. And I went to Wayne Dyer. Just laying there. Just thinking it was me. Just me to go. They were just onslaught. But finally, I fell asleep. And I got up at four and I go to the gym and I work out <clears throat> and I get in the car and I'm driving to Boston and I'm like, how the fuck did I make it through that? I mean, the darkest stuff you can comprehend. And I get into Boston and my damn phone stops working. <laughs> like the GPS is just like frozen. Oh. And I'm just driving around. And finally, like, I just see this big black wall and I drive up to it, like, just because there's like, it's early. And this guy comes out and he starts fucking berating me. What the fuck are you doing here? Like, did you, what? I go, I go, uh, sir, my phone didn't work. I, I'm just trying to find this church and I, I, I'm sorry. And he immediately just comes down hmm. and he goes, back up. Go to the top of the ramp. Take a left. There's the church. I was right there somehow. Boston's big. Yeah. So I didn't know what he meant by the ramp because it's kind of the roads in Boston are weird and there's like tunnels and multiple layers. And uh, <laughs> but anyways, I end up on this road and I realize I'm not too far away and I can see their street parking and I I I park and. I turn my phone off, I turn it back on, and sure enough, I'm point two miles from the church. And I'm supposed to meet this guy there that came to one of Nathan and I's Friday events a long time ago that we stayed in touch with. And he didn't want me to go to that church. And he's like, they accept gay people there, and it's just bullshit. And I'm like, hey, Joe, look, I don't know the answers, but I'm going there. I promised my dad. That's it. So I get out and I start walking, and there's a Capitol Grill there. And I go, three years ago, when I was, or, you know, two and a half, three, whatever it was, when I met the most scared I am of my entire life, I'm sitting there with my dad, and I tell him I'm going to go to Boston someday, and I tell him I'm going to go to this church, and I'm going to take a picture. And there I was, standing wow. in front of the church. Holy cow. And I call Jennifer just to see if she can explain it to me, how I even ended up there. <laughs> she would be the one to do it. <sighs> and I didn't want to cry, but I had a complete just meltdown that God has been with us always. 
and will continue to be with us. And he's the only way I could have ended up there. So then I'm, I'm walking down the street just with some coffee and I'm like, withstood the onslaughts. <laughs> and I see the guy, we were going to meet at the church at nine, go to mass together, have breakfast. And then I was going to go back and meet the owner. There he is. And I'm like, Joe, I know. And I can't believe it. John Don, I can't believe it. We, we walk up to the church and I take a picture and I send it to my dad and I tell him I'm going to sit in the front row and I wore a color like this so he could see me online, watch me take communion. And then it all, it all happened. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful service. And the best way I can describe this, it's like our bodies are always filled with like stress and worries and anxiety. And our mind is going like a million miles a minute. There's just all these things that just, just da, 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 and you just never get a second of peace. And the mass is over. Joe and I took a picture, and I, I literally, I did not want to leave the church. I had been waiting to feel that way my entire life. And Cliff, I do mean my entire life. Yeah. I realized literally, I think it was the only time I've just ever been fully present. And, and not because I don't want to be present either, by the way. Yeah. So then we go downstairs and I'm about to burst because I had a coffee ahead of time. And I got to pee and uh, I walk out. We hang out for a while. And then uh, I get back to the uh, Sudbury and I take a shower and I'm, I'm really tired now. But I want to go over to the owner's house. And I'm driving around, and I walk in. Uh, he's standing there, and there's his wife. I knew she didn't want me there. I knew it all. So I just walked up to, like, shake hands. And Cliff, she wrapped her arms around me. It wouldn't let go. I'd say anything. So we then have a beautiful night together. I drive back to the hotel. I'm going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, do my workout, do my 5K, drink some coffee, get my head right, you know, got my plan. And I wake up and God goes, nope, this happens every time I do one of these things. I told you about it when we were walking that day. He goes, no, mm -hmm. he goes, do this. So I go, okay, I'm going to do it. Just blow up the whole plan, whatever. So the CFO doesn't want me there. I got nothing to say, nothing to add. I'm, he tells the owner, I'm going to call in sick that day. I'm not even coming. The guy's brother, who, you know, he doesn't want to be there. The dad's there. Just how did I preside over this mess? My sons don't talk. They're not aligned. My daughter is dead. And now there's some strange guy from Florida coming in. <laughs> this is what I'm walking into. Wife, you know, well, the wife probably didn't feel that way anymore. And now I'm blowing up my whole plan to do some complete other stuff. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. So, and by the way, the CFO's mom died unexpectedly about a month ago. 
This is my favorite part of the story, by the way. Starts up, I play the uh, the Patriots walking out as my opener for this. And I say, you know, I'm really glad to be here. You know, I was in Cleveland, you know, last time, and it's hard to find video of them winning anything. <laughs> and then before that, I was in Long Island. They're all Mets fans there. It's hard to find them winning anything either. It was easy to find the Patriots. <laughs> so I'm just here to help, you know, it be like that. But before we get in, I want to play another video that, to me, really represents leadership. And I played the Derek Redmond video of his dad carrying him to the finish line. And I can see people just, you know, twisting and turning in their chairs. And uh, I say, I want to do an icebreaker with everyone before we get started now that you know why I'm here. I'd just like to know more about you and what are the best memories from your lifetime. And the CFO, he stands up and he just starts leaving. And he slaps me on the arm and says, do you have a minute? Dude, I'm in a presentation. Cliff, I'm not even thinking. This is a full, complete, out-of-body experience. I walk out of the room. And, and you walk out the room and you take a left and the guy's right there. So I'm about, I'm about really just about 10 feet from where I was standing for the presentation. And I walk out and the guy is kind of bent over and his knees are on the ground and Niagara Falls is coming out of his eyes. Grown man. I didn't think didn't contemplate. I didn't calculate. I walked over. And I lifted that man off the ground. And he put his head in my shoulder. And he cried for 10 minutes straight. Just weeping right outside the door. And I'm holding this man, complete stranger in my arm, who didn't want me there. Who didn't want to have anything to do with me. Nothing. And he just cried. And I patted him on the back. And I was whispering in his ear the whole entire time. And Cliff, it was not me whispering into his ear. I don't care who hears this, sees this, anything. It was not me whispering in his ear. It was the most present I have ever been with a human being my entire life. There was no pretense. There was no past. There was no future. Full presence. Full love. I don't know how to explain it. When Kaylee and Gunner, you know, well, Kaylee was already out in the real world, and when Gunner had graduated and joined the Air Force, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, I, I wanted life to be done. I, I really did. I had a good life. Kids turned out good. That was the main mission in my mind. Mission accomplished. But I also, I, you know, I, I told you that weekend. I, I said, you know, God, am I done? Nope. And he's like, no, you're you're not done. And, you know, the next day he gave me the vision of being an old man in bed and Kaylee was holding my hand. And then I don't even remember what happened that Monday, but something happened and I just realized, like, the gym was minor leagues to be doing what we're doing now. 
And then now all of this was like minor leagues for what's really coming for us. And I had jokingly said to God that day, you know, after whatever went down, went down, I said, you know, I mean, how can it, you know, get any different than this? What are you going to do? Like, allow me to resurrect dead people, <laughs> you know, with my sense of humor I have. <laughs> Like, and Max and I will be like walking, you know, down the road and I'll see a butterfly and I'll hold my hand out, like thinking the butterfly will come up and land on me and just stuff like that. But Cliff, that day, a dead man was resurrected. Maybe not dead in the sense we're talking about. Yeah. I hear but he got up and we both walked back in that room and everyone knew something had happened. And at the very end of it all, when we're sitting there just eating lunch and talking, before we go back to the airport, I, I had asked, I had, I had texted Andy in a break, how's your dad liking this? And he just texted back, I have never in my life seen my dad so emotional. So I say, Carl, how'd you like it? Anything else you'd like to add to the team? And he got emotional and said, where have you been my whole life? And by the way, he wasn't talking about John Dunn. And it had nothing to do with John Dunn. You know exactly what he was talking about. And then we drove away and I can't, I can't explain to you like where, where my head's at exactly, but it's amazing. And I, I told Jennifer, I said, there's nothing you need to be anxious about. There's nothing you need to be worried about. There's nothing you need to be stressed out about. It's just all about don't let anything get in the way of you being the pure love that you are. And she said, I know, and I love you so much. And that was the last three days. Just like I've always been saying, what's going on here is not what we think it is. The world is at a unique spot, for sure. Not that stuff hasn't been going on through history, but God's not going to waste our talents and what we're trying to do. It's about everyone leveling up and becoming as loving as they can possibly be. It's okay. about everyone being as loving as they can possibly be. It's like the best way I can describe it too is just like my, my head feels different. There's this level of there's just this level of peace that it's beautiful. It's completely and utterly you just you know, you think about all the stuff we want to correct, just how many people aren't even present with each other. In the same household, right? In the same household. And it's like you go back to like crawling, standing up, walking, toddling, and then running. And it's like, how can we ever correct or fix anything? Or how can anyone have joy in their life if they're not even present with each other? They're not even present with themselves. Like we're talking about right. other people, but people like they are like, that's really, I think 
with the Dream Team program, Dream Leadership Institute, that is really like, I know for me, what it's done is it's really helped me become present with myself. So then I could be present with others. Just a wild, wild three days. So was Carl, who is the CFO, Carl? Or... The CFO is a guy named Ron. Ron, okay. I didn't. The, the CEO is Andy and like the dad is just like the founder and he, he's just, he's, he's still involved, but not like day to day. Okay. It's wild, man. All right, tribe. So I'm going to sign off on this podcast. I'll do an intro later, but uh, <laughs> John D that's just a day. Like, you know, if you want something like this to happen in your life, your company, just contact us. You know, we want you to be able to be present with yourself, to be able to be present with your team, your family. Um, you know, the people that are in your lives that are important need to know that. And I think so often we take it for granted that they do, or we're just not aware. So if you want to be more present with yourself, to be more present with others, um, just reach out to us. Click on the link below and uh, really just, John D, thanks for sharing those thoughts. Your last, you know, three days, how emotional that was. And I had so many different titles running through my head from promises to my dad to God's plan. Um so it was so cool and um, <laughs> great job, like just being, you know, a good man, a son of God and, you know, going through that tough stuff because like being a good son is, is not easy, you know? No. So I think the, you know, every moment of every day, people are really focused on three things. And the first is either everything I do have or everything I don't have. Obviously, most people are on the ladder in that one. The second thing is we're either focusing on what we can control or what we can't control. Amen. And once again, where's most people's focus? On what they can't control. Absolutely. So then, they're, they're, then they're 0 for 2. And then the third one is they're either focused on the past, worried about the future, <laughs> We had three options on that one or, or just focusing on the present. Yeah. And then once again, you see most people, it's the past or they're worried about the future. And, you know, when I, when I came up with my own definition of greatest version of self, of arete, everyone, you'll learn, you'll learn more about that later. And that choosing 960 minutes of love so that you could really, you know, look at at the end of the day, was I loving for 960 minutes? Even when I imagined that definition and went in that direction, which is an important part of our process is what is your potential is the, you know, what does your potential look like when you, when you script it out? I had high hopes by the way, but uh, <laughs> the level of beauty that I'm seeing right now from, from making that decision, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to 960 minutes of love. I mean, heck, it's it's how we came together. Yep. Persistence. So I'd just like to share with everyone, like those are those are three areas of focus you have to you have to think about and really do you believe in your life that love is truly enough? All right. I think that'll be a great topic for the next episode. <laughs> So we will go right into that. So next episode is love truly enough. Like, let's talk about that, what that means. And so, all right, tribe, have an awesome rest of your week and we'll see you on the next one. John D, thank you for sharing. See you guys later. 
Thank you, dreamers, action takers, people and business owners reaching your potential for joining us on this journey to awaken greatness. We hope today's episode has sparked new ideas, ignited your passion, and brought you a step closer to realizing your dreams. If you're inspired to take action and eager to learn more, visit the Dream Leader Institute's website, dreamleaderinstitute.com. There you'll discover a wealth of resources and tools tailored to help you and your business reach its potential. Already making strides and looking for additional guidance? Dr. Cliff Fisher and our team at Dream Leader Institute are ready to assist you in navigating the path to success. Stay connected with us for more insights and strategies. And remember, your greatness is waiting to be unleashed. Let's continue to dream audaciously, take action boldly, and transform dreams into reality. Until next time, awaken your greatness.